You may be seated. Our scripture for today is Acts 26, 19 through 29. And it begins with the Apostle Paul speaking. And so, King Agrippa, I obeyed that vision from heaven. I preached first to those in Damascus and then in Jerusalem and throughout all Judea. And also to the Gentiles that all must repent of their sins and turn to God and prove they have changed by the good things they do. Some Jews arrested me in the temple for preaching this, and they tried to kill me. But God has protected me right up to this present time, so I can testify to everyone, from the least to the greatest. I teach nothing except what the prophets and Moses said would happen, that the Messiah would suffer and be the first to rise from the dead, and in this way announce God's light to the Jews and Gentiles alike. Suddenly Festus shouted, Paul, you are insane. Too much study has made you crazy. But Paul replied, I am not insane, most excellent Festus. What I am saying is the sober truth, and King Agrippa knows about these things. I speak boldly, for I am sure these events are all familiar to him, for they were not done in a corner. King Agrippa, do you believe the prophets? I know you do. Agrippa interrupted him. Do you think you can persuade me to become a Christian so quickly? Paul replied, whether quickly or not, I pray to God that both you and everyone here in this audience might become the same as I am, except for these chains. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I think today we we need to celebrate because we are almost to the end of walking through in a year the Bible. That's pretty cool, especially since we're not even Baptists. And now you know this story, right? And actually, I said this in um, 930, and I was greeting people, and by gum, there was a Baptist pastor here. He's like, I'm a Baptist pastor, and I like that. I was like, well, good, Um, especially since I'm talking about another thing that the Baptists are quite good at, and that is witnessing. Today, we're going to talk about how to share our story. Um, It doesn't involve bullhorns. It doesn't involve the shaking finger. In fact, if you ever find yourself talking to somebody about Jesus and the finger is shaking, you need to go, oops, put that away, okay? Um, And it's not terrifying. Um, Just as when we started this whole series, I was a little intimidated and thinking, I'm going to teach my church the Bible in a year. I bet you were a little intimidated thinking, oh my goodness, how many, is this like 50 sermons? Like what is this, you know, the Bible? And we did it. We're doing it. You know the story, right? And we've seen how this story is the story of God interacting with people throughout time. It's the story of individuals like you and me, of Moses, of Abraham, of David, of the prophets, and just them living with faith in their generation. And so the story has been building up. We've seen throughout from Genesis that God loves us, that when we sin, he still wants to restore us, that the Savior is coming, and now Jesus has come, right? And you hear Paul talking about this in Acts. He says, it didn't happen in a corner, right? There's people alive in Paul's time who saw it, who believe it, who were talking about it. It's not hidden. And now Paul, at these closing chapters of Acts, is trying to convince people that they should believe it too. Now, let me show you about the journey that he was on. As you know, Paul was a great missionary. He took the faith from Jerusalem. 
He was up here kind of over in Damascus in this area when he first believed. And he probably traveled a little bit south down in here. He was from Tarsus. We talked about how he brought the gospel to this area. He went on two other missionary journeys. And all this that you see is the Roman Empire. Everything here, all up in here. The Roman Empire even went up over into here into England at, by about 100 um, A.D. So this entire piece is the Roman Empire. Starting in Jerusalem, the message of salvation is going out to the world. And Paul is one of the ones that takes it to these far corners of the world. Well, eventually he's over in here, and the Holy Spirit starts saying, you need to go back to Jerusalem. It's time. And the Spirit tells him two things about that, that when he goes, he will suffer. But he will get a chance to go the place he's always longed to go to preach in Rome, which is the heart of the empire, which is the center of civilization. The Spirit says you're going to suffer, but you're going to have the chance to tell the story at the heart of the world. So Paul goes back. This little red line shows how he goes back. And all along the way, if you're going to look for a theme in the book of Acts, the last eight chapters, the theme is Paul telling the story. So he's in um, Miletus, which is down here, the Ephesian elders, um, just the leaders of the church, right? So say the SPRC chair and the finance chair and um, the trustee chair, they all come to meet him and they're all crying. Don't go, Paul. We know it's, it's not going to be good if you go. Don't go. And Paul says, I have to go. God is telling me I have to go, that good will come out of this. And he says, but remember the story. He says, remember, even when I brought the story to you, I was crying. It was hard work. Keep it going, he's saying to them. And they're all touching his face, and they're all embracing him because they say, the Bible says they knew they'd never see his face again. He keeps going. He goes on to Jerusalem. He meets with the leaders of the church there, the apostles. And he's telling them the story. The piece he's telling to them is that the Gentiles are believing. Right? So we have to not limit ourselves, Paul is saying, to just the Jewish people, to just Israel. The world wants to hear this message, and we're the ones that God is given to tell them. So while he's worshiping in Jerusalem, the first couple of weeks he's there, a mob forms. Remember, God had warned him, the Spirit had said there would be suffering and violence and bloodshed. He's worshiping and they grab him. And they are so furious at him for opening the faith up to the Gentiles. They want to rip him limb from limb. And they're about to kill him when the Roman garrison notices the hubbub going on in the Jewish temple. They swoop in. The soldiers beat back the Jewish people, grab Paul, and take him into the fortress. Paul is bloody. I'm sure he had a black eye. He's limping. And he says to the centurion, would you let me talk to them? Would you let me tell them a story? And so I can imagine him on the, on the tip of that fortress with this angry crowd that are ripping their clothes and gnashing their teeth and kicking the dirt, the Bible says. They're so furious. And Paul comes up and says, let me tell you a story. I used, I'm Jewish like you. I was a Pharisee. They're all quiet. What, a fair, uh, you were a Pharisee? And I was on the road to Damascus, and there was a blinding light, and there was a roll of thunder, and Jesus came to me, and I realized everything I had been doing was wrong. 
But by the grace of God, Jesus let me change. And I've been out preaching this good news everywhere. And I want you to hear it today to this angry crowd. He's telling the story. That the God that they believe in is still doing great things in their age. And that they're invited to make their story a part of that. He's taken in chains to Caesarea where Felix is. Felix is the governor of Judea, the governor of Galilee. The king of um, Judea comes, these two very important figures. They pull Paul into an arena. If you come with me to Israel, I will show you that arena. We've, stand, we've stood there. It still exists. And you can imagine Paul in his chains, surrounded by thousands, as he's being questioned for his life. The defense he offers is the story. It's, I was on the road to Damascus. There was this blinding light and this flash of thunder, and my, my life has never been the same. And Festus says to Paul, I think you're insane. Paul says, I'm not insane. And, and he says to Agrippa, to the king, you believe this, don't you? Will you believe this? Do you see? Believe it. Take it in, Paul is saying, in his chains. And Agrippa says to him, are you trying to make me a Christian? Like you're on trial for your life. Do you think you're going to make me a Christian? Paul says, I hope so. Whether today or a long time from now, I hope that not only you, King Agrippa, but everybody in these stands could be just like me. And then he looks down and he says, except for these chains. This has so changed his life that he is willing to go to Jerusalem, that he has taken and changed the Caesarea, and the whole time, everywhere he goes, he's telling the story. If only you could be just like me, he says, this has changed my life, except for the chains, that you would be like me. Whether a long time from now or right immediately, believe. Well, eventually, um, they're not going to put him on trial. They're just kind of, um, here's Caesarea. They're just kind of, he's lingering. And so he appeals to Caesar, which means he can get a trial in Rome before Caesar because he's a Roman citizen. It's a harrowing journey because it's winter and you don't travel in winter. And they put him on a boat. Um, it's perilous. You can see these lines here. A storm hits. We don't know. They got blown off course. They were in this storm so bad that they're throwing everything overboard. And they all think they're going to die. They're not even eating. And finally, what Paul says is, the Holy Spirit has told me that we are all going to live. That we will be shipwrecked, the ship will be lost, but every one of these 246 people will live on board. And he serves them broken bread, right? That's what they eat. He's telling the story again in the middle of this howling storm with people afraid from their lives. He's giving them the bread of life, whether they know it or not. They're shipwrecked. They all do survive this island of Malta. Um, and then over the winter, they make the slow journey up here until finally we come to Rome. And that's where the book of Acts will end. That's where Luke, who wrote Acts, he also wrote um, the Gospel of Luke, leaves us. And this is such an interesting ending now, Luke knew that Paul would um, not only be in Rome for a couple of years in prison under house arrest, he knew that he was set free. Luke was there. So he knows Paul is set free. Paul goes on to evangelize different parts of the empire in Italy, maybe even Spain. Luke knows this story. 
Paul eventually comes back to Rome, is arrested again. This time, instead of house arrest, he's thrown into this dark cell. It's like a pit dug up in the earth um, where there's only a light from the ceiling. He writes his last um, letters, Timothy, um, Philemon. He writes his last letters in that darkness. And then eventually he is beheaded for his faith. So this is an interesting place. If you know all that story, you have to choose where to end it. So pay attention to where Luke ends it. He says, for two whole years, the last verses in the book of Acts, for two whole years, Paul stayed there in his own rented house and welcomed all who came to him. Boldly and without hindrance, he preached the kingdom of God and taught about the Lord Jesus Christ. The last words of the story of the church being born are the apostle to the Gentiles in the heart of the empire, preaching God without hindrance boldly, telling the story of the kingdom, telling the story of Jesus Christ, our Savior, and telling his story of how it's changed his life. Now, you'll remember that Jesus' last words are the beginning of the book of Acts. And Jesus' last words to us are, receive the Holy Spirit and go tell everyone in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. Now we have at the end of the book of Acts, in the middle of the story, without, we, we the believers would have known how it ended. Y'all might not have. We're in the middle. And Paul is proclaiming the story. This means to me that not only is Jesus' will being done in this first generation, but that all of us who now read this and we get to the end of the story in Acts, the baton is being held out to you and me to take this up, to continue it. Because the Apostle Paul got to Rome, but did he ever get to the United States of America? Did he ever get to see the beautiful south shore of Lake Travis? You know, all of the early believers, they were faithful in their generation, and they are the reason that we are here because they told the story and they weren't afraid. All the folks who came after them, then it spread, it spread until our founding fathers and mothers got here and they told the story, right? Until it comes down to us and the baton is being held out and Jesus still today is saying, you be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. For us, it might sound like be my witnesses on the south shore of Lake Travis and in Austin and in the United States and in Guatemala and as far as you can and as long as you can and as much as you can share this story that gives life that transforms people that changes the world share it how put away the finger don't get out the bullhorn do it the way Paul did it. The last years of his life, we see him in chains sharing the story. We see him in the middle of a storm sharing the story. We see him among believers sharing the story. Everywhere he went, he's telling the story. Guys, we don't need to memorize large pieces of scripture to tell this story. Right? 
You've been sitting here for a year now. Now you know it. You know enough to say God loves us. From the beginning of time, God has loved us. A Savior has come to open the door so we can come home. Right? And here's the best part of the story. How it touched you. That's a story I can never tell. Because it's yours. It's yours. What a beautiful gift that here sitting in this room, there are over a hundred stories of what that means. When Jesus comes into our lives and we're never the same again, a hundred different opportunities for someone to hear what life was like before and what it's like now and that they're invited to. It's exciting. And I want y'all to know that we do that, you do that when you're out in the world. When you're with your neighbors, you're about to be with your family on Thanksgiving, and you're excited to see some of those people and some of those people, whoo. Look for a chance to tell a story. In the way you share, it can be an action. In your love, in your willingness for, to forgive, in your words, look for a chance when grandma says, who want to say grace, raise your hand, okay? Say the grace, tell the story, and then join with all of us. There's a reason that when you join the church, you stand up here and you promise prayers, presence, gifts, service, and story. Because still today, God needs you and me to have the courage to speak and to act to live it out and to tell our world. Now, I want to show you a picture of one of the places that's happening. Since we're all wearing maroon, I thought we would like to see a bunch of longhorns. There they are. Um, we're support. They sent me that picture this week, and they said, we want you to know how much it matters that you support our ministry. Um, ministry to college students, college students don't have a lot of money. They don't put a ton in the plate. That's why they have Bee Creek to help them. Because these students are out on the beaches at spring break ministering to the people who are there. They're in the college campuses, places you and I can never go telling the story, and we're helping them. But I want you to know that when Jose and Caitlin came here a couple weeks ago, um, sweetest students you'd ever hope to meet, um, Jose said to me, Pastor Laura, I might be called to ministry, but I just don't know. I'm going to be an intern. And I was encouraging him. I was saying, well, God needs passionate lay people as well as passionate clergy. So whichever call that is that you sense, it's going to be okay. After um, this service, Jose and Caitlin come up to me, and they've, I assume that they've gone to lots of churches. They come up to me and they say, Pastor Laura, your congregation is incredible. They have been so welcoming to us. They have made us feel wanted and accepted. I don't know what y'all were doing, but well done. Um, well done. And the, Jose said to me, remember, he, he's thinking about ministry. He said, you might have heard him even say this in his testimony. Being in this church makes me want to be a pastor because I might be able to lead a church like this. You shared your story. 
You didn't have to sit down and tell him your whole testimony. You just sat down and made him feel welcome. And that young man believes that in our generation, amazing things can happen if people like him step up to lead. You're sharing your story. You're inspiring the next generation. When the fire struck the Windermere Oaks Center, I think one of the first things, people got news, and then they started telling me, Pastor Laura, there's been this fire, because you believe we can help. That's sharing our story. And I sent it to the outreach team and then did nothing after that. And outreach is like, we're going to do all this stuff, and we're going to, you know, we're going to get beds for these folks, and we're going we're to tell them that the worst thing is not the last thing that they can get through and we're going to be at their side to help them, and that's sharing the story. It's fun to share the story. If you have ever told someone about Jesus and they have come to church or they have believed, you know there is nothing like it in the world. And I would say to you, don't let fear hold you back. Don't listen to those voices in your head that say, oh, don't share, don't share. What will happen? Y'all, I think about Paul. He was willing to be in chains. He was willing to be in a deep cell. He was willing to surrender his whole life if he had the chance to tell the story, to see one person walk through the door of life. He said, to live is Christ and to die is gain. This is what I was born for, right? Right? And I find oftentimes I'm afraid because what would somebody think of me? People ask me all the time and they don't know what I do. So what do you do? I'm like, oh, I'm a pastor. Or sometimes I'm just like, I'm in, I help people. (laughs) But I've started to start saying, I'm a pastor. And if then they don't want to talk to me anymore, okay. But it might be that they want to talk to me, that they want to hear about why I would be doing that with my life. And so I've started saying, God, whenever that happens, and it always surprises me, give me the strength to say what I do, to not be ashamed. And what we need to do is gather up our courage so that when we leave here with all these people who believe just like we do, we have the courage when people say, could you do something on Sunday morning with me? Or why is it that when bad things happen to you, you don't seem to be overcome? Or whatever opportunity God gives us, that when that comes along, we say, you know what? The worst that could happen is this person could not want to be my friend. I'm not going to die, right? I won't have to be beheaded. Praise God for that. The best thing that could happen is that their entire lives are transformed because you were brave enough to speak. totally worth it. And sitting here today are the seeds of the faith in this generation. Share your story with your actions, with your words, with your kindness. Share your story. And don't be afraid. Let's pray. Lord God, um, when we see the believers of old and all that they sacrificed because of your call and because of that need to share the story, we are amazed. 
And we pray that in our generation, you would give us the courage to share the story. Give us the words, because we don't know exactly the right ones to say. Give us the opportunities. And Lord, when we take that risk, may your Holy Spirit be working with us. So that for people who have been standing out in the darkness, they would be able to see not only the door to life, but walk through it into the light of your love. Give us the chance to share your story. Give us the words when it comes and give us the courage to not be afraid so that many in our generation could come to know you just as it was in days of old. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.